Hey, fabulous listeners. Today's guest is Coach Jenny. She's my personal coach who has given me the tools and the support that I need to be able to bring this podcast to you. She's the creator of Hilda, who is that inner voice in your head that criticizes every single thing that you do, often talking you out of doing the things you want to do. I could not be more delighted to bring her on my show. She has been a huge supporter in my growth over the last few years, not only in encouraging me to launch this podcast, but to also make big changes in the way that I'm thinking. And I think you are just going to find her absolutely wonderful, just like I do. Enjoy. Hey friends, you're listening to another episode of Slightly Unfiltered. I'm your host, Desiree Wool. I've got something to say, you've got something to say, so let's get talking. Okay, so I have to say I am super excited for this episode, and it's something I think both of us have been looking forward to. I have Coach Jenny with us today. Um, Coach Jenny, tell the world hello. Hello, everybody. Oh my gosh, I'm really excited about this, Desiree. I've been looking forward to this for a while. This is going to be so fun. Something that you have been pushing me on, um, and I just want to tell everybody, I know I talked about who you are in the introduction, but you have been somebody in my life for five years now. Mm -hmm. almost six years, I think, who has just been such a driving force behind my success and me moving forward in the things that I want to do. So having you on the show is like a huge, it's, it's just a huge honor for me because you're such an important person in my life. So thank you so much. Oh, that means a lot to me. I really appreciate that. I, I love being your coach and it's, it's always very exciting to be in this kind of moment where you're, where I get to be and participate part of what you're doing next. So I'm, it's been fun growing with you too. Like, yeah. cause I've seen you evolve, which is something that we're actually going to talk a little bit about today, about how you've kind of shifted gears in your business as you became more unfiltered. So what, from what I used to know you before, I thought you were pretty badass. How has that <laughs> changed over the years where you're feeling more unfiltered now? I love that you bring that up. I mean, when you met me, I was still calling myself the audacity coach, right? Yes. I was still very much in this traditional mindset and I'm not putting it down, but it was this traditional mindset of positive, 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 that a personal development coach or a life coach or a business coach has to be the super positive person who stands for super positive things. And you met me right around the time I was embracing the fact I was going to write a book. I wanted to write my book about super positive audacity stuff, right? Like, you know, things because that's all people want. And the truth was that my strongest point was about the inner critic. And as soon as I finally, I, I mean, finally relented that this was the direction I needed to go, that I needed to spend the rest of my professional life talking about a voice in the back of your head who says you suck. It oddly gave me permission to become unfiltered because I no longer was trying to be this perfect, positive coach person thing that let's be real, never really fit. And I could just be myself. And I feel like that's what, that's the evolution you've gotten to see. Yeah. And it's, it's been pretty incredible. You even referenced yourself. You used to attempt to be vanilla and cookie cutter. And I think that is so 
it's true for a lot of women, especially in the online branding world where we're trying to discover who we are. And there's this weird thing where we're trying to fit in and yet there's this screaming internally that it's never, it's not happening. <laughs> oh, it's so difficult. And I, you know, as anybody who's branding themselves, anything, you want to brand yourself something everybody's going to like. You want to be Coke. You want to be Pepsi. You want to be like something everybody likes. And to do that, you start turning down your volume and becoming this vanilla, vapid version of what you think you should be instead of who you actually are, which is why I think there's been this big push in our world lately of be vulnerable, be authentic. Somebody had to tell us to do that because we had all become this robotic version of what we think we should be, of putting ourselves out in a way that we think is palatable. And then you're, you don't stand out at all. So recognizing that and, and just deciding, you know what, I'm going to stop trying to be clever and I'm just going to be clear. I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to be forthright. I'm going to be me. Um, it's really changed everything. And so I no longer bite my tongue. I'm no longer afraid to piss people off. I'm no longer afraid to say the wrong thing. Um, and that's really exciting. You talk a lot about squandering your potential and, and that's kind of, that's a big portion of your shtick kind of, you know, to, to put it in, <laughs> to put it in, you know, coachy marketing terms. What does that even mean? You know, we all know what it's like to feel like we're stuck, which is the language I used to use back when I was vanilla, right? I want to help you get unstuck yesterday. I said that for a decade. I'm embarrassed <laughs> and rolling my eyes at myself here because that sounded nice, right? It didn't sound too violent and awful. It was like, I'm just stuck and I want to get unstuck so I can make my life 10% a little bit better and yada, yada. I don't want to work with people like that. I want to work with people who are like you, who know you're sitting on a ton of untapped potential, right? There's so much you could do. There's so much impact you could make. There's so much that you're just called to do and, and you feel really strongly about and yet you're squandering it. You're not just like ignoring it and stuck on it. Like you're letting that just sit there. And so that word, I, I like me a violent verb, right? <laughs> I think the squander is a violent verb of saying, I don't just want to not live up to my potential. I want to not squander it. And recognizing that it's such a waste to, I'm ready to be a badass, uh, goddammit. Right? Like, I want to be a badass. But and again, that goes back to, like, I used to be like, if you want to be a badass, if you want to unleash your badassery, those are words I used to use. Yeah. Right? Clever, yummy, don't mean much, right? They don't mean nearly as much as recognizing that you're squandering your potential and it's time to do something about that. Yeah. And anybody who hears that and resonates with it knows that their potential matters. It's like a gut punch. It is a gut punch. And that's what we need. You don't need somebody to be like, and if you come this way, you get to, I don't know, something positive. You don't need that. You know, the positive is on the other side of it, but it's the gut punch of recognizing, no, I'm not living up to what I know I could do. That's one level, but also what the world deserves from me. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's, good. that's squandering your deserves. potential in a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I'm so I'm so sick of the whole positivity in the personal coaching and, and personal mm -hmm. development, getting shoved down your throat. You know, you're never going to achieve anything if you don't wake, ha wake up with happy thoughts every day. And, and this whole, you know, concept of the self-improvement obsession, I guess, yes. you know, you, you kind of called it, um, 
I've, I've been listening to a ton of podcasts that are sort of throwing out the whole concept of what, what is a self-improvement guru? What is, you know, all of these people who are, yay, positivity and let's walk on coals, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yes. And you, you have, you have an interesting outlook on this whole obsession with self-improvement and these gurus and, you know, this, this whole enlightenment stage. So what, what is all of that? <laughs> oh, throw me under the bus and get me into trouble. Yes. yes. Look, I, I shudder and, and like squirm when somebody introduces me as this positive uh, personal development coach to help people uh, self-improve that I mean it posits yeah. that there's something wrong with you yeah. right so first of all at the gate it's it's gross um, the idea that there's something wrong with you one of the things I talk about we're going to talk about later is this inner critic if you hear from her there's something wrong with you the fact that you have these negative thoughts means there's something wrong with you I just I disagree with that wholeheartedly I think people that do things that matter have a voice in their head going, what the hell, slow down, what are you doing? And freaks <laughs> out, right? And so in my opinion, when you have a really strong inner critic that's making all of this noise, it's because you are, are awesome <laughs> because there's something about you that wants to change the world. You're trying to do something that matters. And um, this positive thinking thing just has gone too far. At the beginning of the pandemic, this is where I really saw it in stark contrast. I know you and I talked about this. this toxic positivity kind of took up, which is not my term, by the way. That's a real word. Google it. It's really powerful to think about this idea of like, well, there's a pandemic and everybody's lost their job. Everybody has to stay home. Everybody might get sick. There's all these very negative things, but let's look on the bright side. Let's look for the silver lining. Let's get grateful about what we do have. You know what? Let's have a moment to be honest about the fact that this sucks and we're scared. Yeah. And let's have a space where your guru doesn't have to fix that for you. Um, one of the things I'm really proud of myself is that I don't know how to be a coach in a pandemic. Nobody taught us that. It's not a course somewhere, but I do know as a coach myself, no. right? I'm sure, I'm sure somebody's made that course. <laughs> Opportunist. Um, but I didn't know how to do that, but I did know how to hold space and allow people to be honest and have feelings without having to fix them. And see, I think that's where self-improvement has gotten, gone awry. I mean, we can personally develop and try to evolve and, and do more things and want more and do more and be more and all of those yummy things. I'm all for that. That's good. It's positive. It's yummy. But not at the sake of pretending everything's okay. And that thinking, if I have a negative thought, there's something wrong with me. That's just not acceptable anymore. Yeah. I think there's sort of this shift in different levels. People are starting to understand that that's not just what self-improvement is about anymore. And I think that's a great thing. I think we have this whole new wave of people coming in that are just starting to discover what self-improvement is for them. Um, but then you have these people who have been around for a while. And I, I love talking about the gurus who are tapping into kind of the newbies of the world. Yeah. Um, and these, these newbies into the self-improvement world are looking for that guidance of the people who are going to make everything okay for them. I um, get it. I understand yeah. the appeal. I understand the appeal of wanting an easy button. I understand the appeal of a gratitude journal, by the way. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think it's incomplete, right? Yeah. It, it's a lovely idea. It feels really good to feel grateful. 
feels good to tell people you're grateful, by the way, of what they bring to your life. That might be more useful than your journal, but that's just me. You know, I'm, I'm not opposed to these things. I just think that they're not easy buttons. There's this idea that these gurus that, like you said, are taking advantage of the newbies to this world. Well, if I'm just grateful, then I won't have a negative thought again. If I'm grateful, I won't be, I won't have any self-doubt. If I'm grateful, I'll, I'll find my confidence. Um, those are separate things, right? That, that they, they don't necessarily do that. If I'm grateful for the fact that the sun came up today and that I have a, house, a roof over my head and I have all of these very basic hierarchy of need stuff, then suddenly I should, I should feel so positive and ready to move. It, it's just not that simple. And I, I think that that's where I think a lot of gurus gaslight us yeah. and make us feel like crazy people because, wait, I did my gratitude journal. I did this, you know, six steps. I, I walked on the hot coals of that Uncle Tony's event. I did all the things that you told me I'm supposed to do. And I'm still experiencing doubt. I'm still struggling to finish. I'm finished this project. I'm still struggling to get started on my next big goal. There must be something wrong with me. Mm. And that's what I hear from my clients over and over again. Yeah. When they first find out about my work, there's this huge sense of relief within 10 minutes of knowing I exist. Not because of me, but because I'm honest about the fact. Wow, you are amazing. Well, thank you, darling. Um, but you know what I'm saying? It's not because of me. It's just this, oh my gosh, there's other people like me. Like she had time to write a book about this because other people have these, these thoughts in their head. I'm not the only one that's suffering with this imposter syndrome. I'm not the only one that feels like I keep getting in my own way and there must be something wrong with me. It's just recognizing that you're not broken and you don't have a disease. You just have a habit in yeah. a set of habits that we can change. Yeah. I, I've been one of those people. I am, you know, for my listeners, they all know that I've got one woo. So, you know, <laughs> we've, we've kind of deemed that, deemed that term of one woo where I, I have been a believer of, I'm going to use the terms, the whole law of attraction. Bring it on. But I'm, I was one of those people that made the mistake of, well, I wake up every day and I do my gratitude journal of the five things I'm grateful for. And I, I think good things about money and, you know, I, but I'm still broke. So what the fuck am I doing wrong? Right. There's something wrong with you. Yes. And this is where, so I just to go on record for anybody who doesn't know me yet, make fun of the law of attraction at every opportunity. Um, why? Because I just think we should question everything. And in our world, again, we've been gaslighted into, if you don't buy into the law of attraction and be a, you know, if you're a coach like me, you need to be a guru of the law of attraction that we're going to take away your toaster oven because this is the, this is what we're, we've all agreed to be like-minded. Another yeah. word I hate. Yeah. Right. And we all agree with this thing. So I questioned it. And that's what I invite people to do is to question this belief, especially because at its very superficial level, the way it's usually taught is if you get your mindset right, mm -hmm. right, and then, yeah. then take action because, of course, action, whatever, and then you take the action, but you get your mindset right and you think right and you attract the right thoughts and what you believe and all the crap, then it's going to work for you. But if it doesn't work for you, well, let me back up. If it works for you, it's because the universe conspired to help you. Right. Universe. You did the, you, you exactly. <laughs> so if you win, thank you universe. If you lose, it's your fault. Mm -hmm. Universe gets no blame. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't go your way, the blame's on you. That's gaslighting, baby. That is telling you that there's something wrong with you. And the universe only hooks up people that do it the right way. Well, if it's a law, a scientific thing, 
then shouldn't it work for everybody? Like this, is, it, so I disagree with it. I think it's utter nonsense, but I also don't think it's just nonsense. Yeah. I've seen that it actually hurts people yeah. because it makes them think that, well, clearly I can't believe enough. So I don't get to be Oprah. I don't get to be whatever I want to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just find that deplorable. I think we should be honest with people and allow that if you believe in it, I believe in belief, believe in what you want to believe. But um, a belief system like that shouldn't be a way to punish you for having human thoughts. Yeah. I think, I think that part is important. Humanizing that the, the thoughts you're having about the universe not working being your fault, that's an everybody thing. Yeah, that's I don't, human. Yeah, that, that's a human thing, which then, perfect segue to, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about, you've actually created a human-like character, so to say, to help people understand what it is that's, that's kind of getting them stuck, you know, for less of words to say, you know, so you have, and I love her to death and I'm actually going to include a picture in the blog post to promote the episode of one of my favorite gals, Hilda. You've created Hilda to help the world understand better. Talk to me about Hilda. So Hilda, who allegedly looks like the bitch I hated in high school, allegedly, (laughs) um, (laughs) which is why she looks the way she does. Um, Hilda is the name that I gave to that inner critic voice. And again, the inner critic and the inner saboteur, these terms I've been tossing around here, they sound so flippin' clinical um, and are usually treated as clinical. Um, I wanted it to have a silly name, but I wanna be clear, I'm not the first coach, it's not original. A lot of coaches, a lot of gurus, they, they name their inner critic so that they can tell her to shut up. Um, that's nice and all, but I have developed Hilda as a way to have a shared language to talk about these very serious ways that we squander our potential and hold ourselves back in a fun, ridiculous, silly way. I don't actually believe there's a cartoon character who lives in the back of your brain who looks like the bitch I hated in high school. Like, I don't actually think that's a thing. Um, but it's a way for us to address it. And so what I love about it is you can say, wait, that's not my truth. That's Hilda. Yeah. And now that you've created that separation of this thought and saying, no, 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 that, I'm, not, I'm not owning that thought. We're going to call it Hilda's. You have enough separation that you can then say, okay, Hilda, what are we going to do about this? And so really that's, that's what my work is about. When I was talking earlier about shifting to a negative thing, the idea I would become known for Hilda, this one little tool I had at the time five years ago, being known for Hilda felt so negative, right? Like you're, that, again, they're going to take away my toaster oven in the coaching world. Like you're not allowed to do that. Um, but it's turned out to be um, the most impactful thing that I could do is to allow people a place and a space to figure out and understand their Hilda so they can undermine her. Well, and the whole concept of, of having this inner voice, it, it sounds very heavy, but like you're saying, if you connect it to a Hilda or, you know, this, this concept that you can, you can actually picture in your brain, connecting your conversation and your negative thoughts, having that ability to connect it to something, I think therefore makes it more conversational. Like you can actually address it. You know, it's kind of like the invisible elephant in the room or whatever, you know, it's there, but you don't know how to address it. When you give it a name, like, oh, it's, you know, is someone going to talk about Ellie the elephant sitting in the corner? Suddenly people are like, oh yeah, we need to talk about that. 
Right. And we have a quirky language. I mean, the following is not going to make any sense to people not in my world, (laughs) but we have a quirky language that works really fast by using this Hilda stuff, right? So you could say like you would say in any other coach's world, well, I feel like I keep getting in my own way because I have limiting beliefs that tell me based on what my mom used to tell me and blah, blah, like, and it feels like a, a painful serious therapeutic session, right? Yeah. Where you're trying to un trying to unpack all of I need to lay down on the couch before we have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. My world, we'd be like, okay, you know what's happening? I can't Hilda and I don't want to Hilda have gotten in cahoots. Mother nature's joined the party and everything's off. So now I'm puddle jumping like a crazy person. Now I understand that that sentence meant nothing to anybody but I promise you Desiree knew exactly what I was talking about Yes, because we have this silly, goofy, ridiculous language that we're using, not to exclude anybody, but to be able to talk about a serious conversation. And what I just said in English is, well, I'm doubting myself and I'm procrastinating and I don't feel very good. Thanks, mother nature. So when you put all those things together, of course, I'm trivializing all of my accomplishments. Of course, I can't see that I'm awesome. Now, the way I said it the second time, nowhere near as fun, right? Desiree didn't laugh at that. When I said it the first time, she laughed. And because we laugh at ourselves and you're like, oh, I totally get what you're saying. Um, You're like, oh, okay, now I can do something about it. It's disarming. Yeah. It disarms and and kind of takes away the power of Hilda, if you will, so that we can do something about it to your point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so incredible. I just love Hilda. Everybody needs to know who Hilda is. I mean, I love her, but I can't stand the bitch at the same fucking time. (laughs) Exactly. I love the tool of Hilda, but we want to smack her around. I mean, I'm on a mission to make Hilda a household name. And I say that all the time and it really means something to me. Yes. I want to be famous and all those things too, but I don't want to make coach Jenny a household name. I want to make Hilda a household name because I know in your household, people know who Hilda is. Enough about her, even though you're the one that's worked with me, they know enough about her that you can have a conversation about these things using the silly language, and it shortens the amount of time that Hilda keeps you stuck and holds you back. And that means that more potential is going to have is going to be used. And so, I really believe that's how we're going to change the world. Cheesy as that might be, it's good cheese. It's good cheese. It's good cheese with that wine. Oh my goodness. So we, we talked about how you, you changed um, or how you started showing up more unfiltered in your business. You had a big way of showing up unfiltered in your life that kind of rocked your own world and rocked everybody's world around you when you decided to come out oh, yeah. to the world. What, what was that? What was that like? And how did that impact you what was coming out like yeah um because you first lost of all, you lost family over it I did I did um coming out of the closet is first of all I came out of the closet in the 90s that's an important detail yes. right it's very different yes. than coming out now coming out now there's coming out celebrations that happen people oh, throw parties, cakes that parties happen. absolutely which makes me so happy that is not what it was like in the late 90s but um at the same time I kind of wish everybody had to come out of the closet Because by coming out of the closet, what I had to do is figure out my identity or a piece, a major piece of my identity, Mm -hmm. articulate it in some way and tell people that it is this. Most cis straight people don't have to do that. There's no point where you have to say, mom, dad, I'm straight. (laughs) I've fallen in love with a man, right? Like it's not a thing you have to do, which means you don't have to go through the the emotional um, roller coaster of 
figuring that out. So for me, it was really tough and it had costs. You're right. I lost many family members and connections to that. I gained my own uh, adopted family, if you will, which I think is a pretty common experience for LGBTQ folks mm -hmm. is, you know, we find our own tribe of yep. people who get it. Yep. Um, so I think it just kind of taught me that um, the family you're born into may not necessarily get you. That doesn't mean they don't love you but they may not necessarily get you. And I think a lot of my, uh, again, I keep saying cis straight as though that's negative. I don't think that's a negative thing. It's just the way that it's now talked about. Um, haven't had the opportunity. So when it comes, I feel like sometimes Hilda's even tougher on you. Like she can, she, she's more yeah. effective for you because you haven't had to say, no, this is who I am. And when it comes to being slightly unfiltered, um, that scares the crap out of people because you have never had to go against the grain and say, no, I'm like this, even mm -hmm. though everybody I know and love yep. is like that. Yep. I think this, even though everybody over here thinks that. So anybody who's ever said, you know, I'm questioning my religious beliefs that I was brought up with, or I want religion. I was brought up very uh, secular or anybody who's like kind of questioned like where I came from and who I am. There's some distinction here and I got to figure that out would get this. Yeah. Um, but for us, we have coming out day. We got October 11th. We have a whole thing that we get to do. And I feel like it's this wonderful gift. Yeah. Um, but that's why I think your work so important is that because so many people haven't had to do that, they haven't had to figure out what is the slightly unfiltered, completely honest version of who they are and what they stand for. I think there, I, there's, there's so many ways to be unfiltered that I think sometimes those of us who have had to go through these, who are we, you know, or here's who I am kind of moments with the people in our lives. Once it's in the past, we kind of forget that it, it's a huge part of who, who we became, who we are. And that yeah. was this, that's really the whole mission behind why I created this podcast, because there are several times where I had to show everybody my unfilteredness. I think I was seven when I looked my mom in the face and said, I don't believe in God. I have no interest in going to church. It's now what, what do I do now? I'm supposed to, you know, kneel down next to my bed every night and pray. You yeah. know, I, I had a, an Irish Catholic stepfather with nine wow. siblings and I looked at my mom and this, I don't get it. This isn't for me, you know? I totally get this as an atheist, as an atheist life coach who's not spiritual. Yeah. Am I allowed to work with? And so this goes back to that conversation about like-minded is then we start becoming so tribal that we feel like we're not allowed to be together. Yes. Like all the spiritual people have to be together. Yep. All of the religious or Christian people have to be, yep. right. The atheists have to be over here. Um, here's the thing that I love about both of our work. We don't seek to only work with people who agree with us. No, I want all kinds of people. <laughs> exactly. And so this idea that we should, I'm looking for a group of like-minded people. I want everybody to catch themselves when you say like-minded. I mean, not for nothing. The KKK is a group of like-minded people. Like, let's think about this for a second. Like-minded is not always positive because yeah. then you're not challenged with other ideas. Um, and not that we have to be walking around being challenged all the time, but I love the fact that I am one of maybe two people I've ever worked with who doesn't have a spiritual belief system. Mm -hmm. Most of my clients are spiritual. Some of them are off the charts, woo, 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 woo. Yeah. They get, a, they get four woos. <laughs> Quadruple woos. 
Exactly. And so I think it's important to note that we don't need to be like-minded to be helpful to one another. And um, that, so diversity is, is many things, but it's also diversity of thought. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's good nuggets right there, man. <laughs> you ready for some rapid fire questions? Oh, I'm terrified. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, first question, who is someone either in your life or even a celebrity that you admire? Do they have to be alive? Nope. They can be. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to go with Barbara Streisand. She is alive. Um, uh, and hopefully stays alive for another 50 years. So I hope she's good with that. Um, for a lot of different reasons. One is creatively, she's taken some ridiculous risks. She's created so many things despite being an utter perfectionist. And um, I just like that she's found a way to do it her own way. And I disagree with most of her ways. I think she's nuts in so many different ways. And yet I just absolutely love her. And of course I love her music, but um, that's almost incidental, the music part to me. Yeah. I just love uh, looking at somebody who is that creative in film and TV and all the different things that she wanted to do. And she still stands for something and speaks out what she believes in politically. So I, I, I want to be the full package like that, though I can't carry a tune. <laughs> Love me some Babs. And you guys don't know it because this is audio, but Coach Jenny has a Babs wall right behind her. I do. I do. I have 27 of, of her albums on the wall behind me. I love it. I love it. What's one thing that really pisses you off? Mm, toxic positivity. People yeah. telling you to look for the silver lining when you need a moment to be pissed or, or hurt or upset or angry. Yeah. I love that. Uh, what's your favorite swear word? Oh man. Um, honestly, asshat. I don't know why. It's so good. It's just so juicy. And it's, it's kind of PG 13. Yes. And so you can get away with it a lot more than F bombs, but I use them all. But asshat is just stupidly fun. And what would an asshat even look like? I don't know, but I love it. I just picture a donkey with a sombrero. Perfect. <laughs> You are spreading your word, but if you had to give one piece of advice to women who are uh, struggling with becoming unfiltered, what would you say to them? Stop going it alone. Ooh. I believe that Hilda hates company. And when you are going it alone and trying to reinvent the wheel by yourself, you're doing yourself and everybody else a disservice. Um, ask for help. Learning to ask for help is not a weakness. It's a gift. It's a way to make sure you do better at work. So ask for help and don't go it alone. Oh, so good. And complete this sentence. What does being slightly unfiltered mean? Expressing my truth, no matter what Hilda thinks about it. Oh, mm -hmm. that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> oh my gosh. Coach Jenny, I love you so much. If people want to follow you, find you, learn more about you, buy the book, learn about Hilda, where do you want to send them? I am Coach Jenny with an IE everywhere. So J-E-N-N-I-E, -E, Coach Jenny on all the different places, but coachjenny.com is a good place to start. The first thing I would do if you're like, oh, do I like this chick? Do I not? Is to take a, a quick quiz. It's, it's totally fun. It's like seven questions. And just by taking the quiz, if you're like, oh, I can't answer any of these things, you're not for me. But if you're thinking, well, how is this bitch reading my mind? We should talk. <laughs> and I have that thought a lot. I'll make sure that I post a link in the show notes below so everybody can take that quiz and figure out which Hilda is stopping them. 
Jenny, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I'm sure I will have you back in the future because I just love you so much. Thank I love you. you too, Desiree. Thank you so much. Oh, I just love you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Slightly Unfiltered. You can find me and all things Slightly Unfiltered at slightlyunfiltered.com or on Instagram. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Until next time, you badass bitches. 